You're live with BBC News. Hello, I'm Gareth Barlow. Now, you'll remember this, I'm sure, a recent low point in US-China relations when the US accused Beijing of sending a spy balloon across its airspace. It shot it down off the coast of South Carolina. And then there was also the visit to Taiwan last year by the then Speaker Nancy Pelosi, which led China to break off communication between the two nations' militaries. But relations appear to be thawing ahead of a planned meeting next week between Presidents Biden and Xi in California. And today, the US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has been holding talks in San Francisco with her Chinese counterpart. The US Treasury says the two sides agreed to intensify communication and committed to work together on a range of economic, financial stability and regulatory issues. And the area where the two world's two biggest polluters appear to be able to work together is climate change. Speaking to the BBC in Singapore, the US Special Envoy for Climate, John Kerry, said they'd reached some bilateral agreements ahead of the COP28 summit in Dubai at the end of the month. Well, let's see what happens in the next uh, days. We're, we're, we felt that our four days of talks were very successful. We did come up with some agreements. Uh, we're just going through some process now, but we hope to share them with everybody at the appropriate moment. Well, let's speak to the US-China relations expert, James Early, who joins us. And, and James, with regard to this meeting between President Biden and President Xi, is this a meeting, it's taking place on the sidelines, let's be honest, is this a meeting of sound bites or is it going to be a meeting of real substance? Yeah, we don't even know where it's at, Gareth, somewhere in San Francisco, but not specifically. I have low expectations. If you look at the last five diplomatic meetings between the US and China, three were Americans in China and two were Chinese here. Uh, they frankly been nothing burgers in terms of substance, but that's not as bad as it sounds because they did give good optics and they did get both sides talking. So this is probably gonna be mostly that. Obviously, as you mentioned earlier in the read, since Biden and she met a year ago in Indonesia, that was an okay meeting, but we've had uh, the Pelosi visit, we've had the Chinese spy balloon and the military stopped talking. So I would say just getting the military talking again would be the biggest tangible takeaway from this meeting. Two massive economies, two massive polluters, two massive militaries. What do they need from each other? Because it, it goes beyond just talking on a military level, surely. Uh, it sure does. And, and both sides have their weaknesses right now. The U.S. has its handful with Ukraine and with Israel. Ukraine is obviously a lot more expensive at the moment, but they don't need another headache with the China or China-Taiwan drama. And China has its hands full with its economy. Uh, last October, this past month, uh, exports were down 6.4% year over year. And China now trades more with the developing world than with the developed world. So countries are pulling back from China. Uh, investors are pulling back from the Chinese stock market. $160 billion left in the last quarter. These are companies, foreign companies saying, we would rather repatriate that money then keep it invested in China. Uh, one of the first times in, in probably 25 years, China has seen net negative uh, investment uh, flow, which is just frankly pretty bad. And the real estate market is looking like it's got cracks long-term. It's got a demographic problem with an aging population. So China is also not in a strong position. And you can usually gauge how China feels about its own uh, economics by how friendly it is externally. So right now we've got two reasons to have an olive branch. So. Uh, for whatever the reasons, I'm, I'm hoping for a, a positive outcome. With regards to trade, things got to a particular, didn't they, under Donald Trump when there was those tit-for-tat trade tariffs between the two on things like steel, for example. China and the US are, are never going to be allies, but they can come a long way from the depths of that relationship. What would be the peak of the relations, relations between the two? 
Oh, well, that's a theoretical question. I mean, I, I think in terms of practical deal flow, that's already peaked a couple of years ago. But if you look at just in terms of exports, and especially China buying more services from the U.S., that's gone up. It's almost $200 billion a year that China buys from the U.S. And not long ago, that was $110, $120 billion, And U.S. is buying about $600 billion a year from China. So uh, on paper, despite this war of uh, words, they're still doing a lot of business. And both countries, frankly, need each other. And I think they know that, and they can't decouple too much. Uh, that's one reason for optimism. But if you look out five, 10 years, I think both companies are setting out for, both countries, I should say, are setting out for structural differences. Frankly, what the US and what China want are, are incompatible in terms of long-term goals. I think China has always known that, and the U.S. is starting to wake up to that. So um, smooth sailing, perhaps for now, but five, ten years out, I'm a little less optimistic. Well, we'll follow those developments and that path of that relationship closely. James Early, thank you so much for joining us from Washington. My pleasure.